You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. British TV science fiction is practically a category unto itself, full of groundbreaking, genre-defining productions that seemingly came out of nowhere, told mind-blowing stories with an economy of cast, sets, and effects, and then got off the stage six weeks later, having told their story without overstaying their welcome. It's a tradition that began with the likes of Nigel Neal's The Quatermass Experiment and Fred Hoyle and John Elliott's A for Andromeda, but for many, the peak of this early phase of genre TV was Neal's third entry in the Quatermass saga, Quatermass and the Pit, which premiered on the BBC on this day in 1958. I'm Earl Green, and this is your Sci-Fi 5, five minutes of science fiction history for December 22nd. Professor Bernard Quatermass was no stranger to post-war British TV audiences, having saved the world from alien invasions in 1953's The Quatermass Experiment and its 1955 sequel, Quatermass 2. And every time he's appeared on TV screens, he's been played by a different actor, though the general consensus seems to be that Andre Morel's portrayal of Quatermass in Quatermass and the Pit is the definitive take on the character in his most sharply written adventure. Nigel Neal, who created Quatermass and wrote both of his prior adventures, worked in the tradition of the best science fiction storytelling. While his stories seemed to be about aliens trying to invade Earth on a deeper level, they were about real events and social issues, such as a rising tide of post-war racism and anti-immigrant sentiment in England. In Quatermass and the Pit, the chance discovery of what seemed to be proto-human remains at a construction site brings the building to a halt, with a rushed archaeological dig for more remains, uncovering what may be an unexploded bomb from World War II. Quatermass, since he's still the head of the fictional British rocket group, is called in to investigate. To Quatermass' annoyance, the new head of the rocket group, Colonel Breen, tags along, his function seeming to consist almost entirely of getting in the way of progress. Other fossilized remains are found near the presumed bomb, which turns out to be a spacecraft not built by human technology. But when the remains are estimated to be 5 million years old, how old is the spaceship? And what does all of this have to do with decades worth of ghost sightings in this part of London? The occupants of the ship are insectoid beings that Quatermass believes may be the last specimens of an extinct race of Martians, and they may have experimented on primitive humans, giving them telepathic and telekinetic powers. Quatermass warns against trying to revive those powers, fearing that reactivating those genes might result in a race war, those with latent telekinetic powers against those whose distant ancestors didn't inherit the genes resulting from Martian experimentation. That, of course, would be disastrous and pointless, since the two warring sides would still have much more in common than their differences. Precisely the point Nigel Neal was trying to make about the rampant racism that was on the rise in late 50s Britain. The influence of Quatermass and the Pit on the rest of the genre has been enormous. A far larger footprint than you might expect. By incorporating sightings of ghosts and devils into a science fiction story, whose incidents of psi powers have been taken on board by the locals as examples of witchcraft and black magic, it successfully encompasses nearly the entire breadth of speculative fiction, from horror to sci-fi, in a single story, which has influenced everything from Doctor Who to Stephen King and countless other modern horror sci-fi storytellers. And it does it a decade before Arthur C. Clarke coined his third law, that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. 
Hammer Films produced a 1967 film version of Quatermass in the Pit, starring Andrew Kier and emphasizing the story's horror elements. Since Quatermass was the UK's first sci-fi franchise but was unknown in the States, American audiences saw that film under a different title, Five Million Years to Earth. Quatermass would have further TV adventures in the 1970s, but for most of his fans, it simply did not get better than Quatermass and the Pit. This has been 5 Minutes of Science Fiction History, your daily Sci-Fi 5 for December 22nd. Sci-Fi 5 is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment, executive producer Rod Roddenberry. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.